Hello, everybody. Welcome back to the Main Stand Podcast. I'm one of your hosts, Patrick, joined again today, as always, by Josh and Mitchell. And baby, I don't know we're going to take too much time to just dive right into this episode. We left you guys with a nice cliffhanger rolling into this week where I said that PSG are not going to win the Champions League. And we're going to start with that today. So, boys, initial reactions to that comment. Uh, I questioned it. I questioned it pretty heavy. When you look at PSG pre-Champions League game one, we'll get into that. You see a team that has weapons, weapons, weapons. They got nuclear launch codes on the sidelines. It's a hot take saying that they're not winning the Champions League just with everything they have at their disposal. So I'll go into that by saying I completely agree with you, Pat. I thought it was a great take. And as a Man City fan, you should know that it takes football heritage to win a European Cup. And, you know, you can't buy that. So, <laughs> so we, can, we can dive right into you know, your, your beliefs about why PSG, you know, aren't, aren't suited to win a trophy like this. I don't like the dig less than five minutes into the episode. Hey, don't like that at all. Hey, that but, was another reference. You digging for oil money or what? But, <laughs> but ignoring both of you who I strongly dislike right now, PSG have two, maybe three real problems that I see why I just don't think they're going to win the Champions League. One, they're way too top heavy. Way, 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 way too top heavy. And if those front three don't get clicking fast, I think they're just going to generally struggle. The goals are naturally going to come because Mbappe, Neymar, and Messi are super talented players. And I think Messi is the best to ever do it. But I think that immediate gelling together like that is going to take a little bit of time. Two, I think their midfield is dog shit. And three, I don't think they have very good fullbacks. And I, I think when you put all that together, I just think that there are issues, little little niggling problems all over the pitch. I think there are three teams in Europe right now that are better than them on paper too, which I don't think helps them a ton. Like, yeah, they have the best front three in the world. They have undoubtedly the best attack in Europe in world football. No one is going to deny that. I think the rest of the team just isn't quite there. And that's why PSG will not be winning the Champions League this year. I think it's a great take, like I said. I think you have the points to back it up. You don't get the competition either playing in Ligue 1 all year and then having to go into big European nights, especially in the knockout rounds, don't help out at all. And the signings they made this summer are good on paper. But when you also don't play them in the right positions necessarily, it doesn't always work out. I mean, when Aldem on a free, I thought was a great signing for them. But they're playing him in the same role he played at Liverpool. And it's, I don't think it's like working as well as, you know, what they had hoped, especially when you see him play for the Netherlands in the summer. Mm-hmm. Uh, you can think that Hakimi might kind of gel a little bit more into the team. I know you mentioned fullbacks. I do think it'll, it'll take a little bit of time and I think they'll get better. But I still think round of 16 quarterfinals come 
they're going to get knocked out by a, you know, a mid to top level team. Yeah. I think quarters and semis is about as far as I'm going to give them. And then I think it's going to be a pretty similar story to last year, a team, a better team, a better like unit of 11 players is going to be PSG. Totally agree. So I guess with that being said, we can get out of the hot take segment uh, and go right into the Premier League review from last week. Talk about some of the big games um, from the weekend. Mitch, how about you kick us off with Crystal Palace Tottenham? This was, um, I mean, is this surprising for Tottenham fans? I don't know. Um, I saw a tweet from Pat uh, as I woke up and kind of started watching my my weekend soccer games something about Connor Gallagher I forget the actual context but the last two weeks in the Premier League he has been an absolute menace um Palace was firing on all cylinders this weekend pumped Tottenham Zaha looked great uh Edward uh two goals off the bench I think Patrick Vieira is starting to get his side running how he wants them to. Um, I think it is shocking a little bit for Tottenham to put out a performance like that, but Palace, Josh and I were talking about it uh, before the pod. Um, They love attacking up the wings. Zaha, when he gets going, is is going to burn most right backs in the league. I think that's kind of clear. Um, he's been doing it for years when he's in form. Um, I think it is a, a, a scary result for Tottenham um, losing a game like that. But I think it just, I, th- I think it's more of Crystal Palace earning a win than Tottenham losing a game. Um, they, they, pl- they outworked, outplayed, and outclassed Tottenham start to finish. Yeah, I thought I thought Palace were so so good in that game. Uh, the tweet also was quote unbelievably impressed with Connor Gallagher today too, and your reply was quote he's going to be a menace, and which he is. Great player. He had a phenomenal game. Um, one thing I wanted to mention, which Mitch kind of noted, was the Tanganga red card. Um, I think he's a great player. I think his style of play very much suits the Premier League with it being physical. That being said, uh, you can see that red card coming from literally a mile away. Yes. Like, yep. it, he was just playing. He, he'd been playing like that all season, though. Like, or all season. I'm going to put that quote. It's like four, three, four games. Like, just hot-headed challenges, not like necessarily like thinking before acting. Um, I think a great example of this and maybe this is just going to sound like me bitching but that's fine is the city game at the, in the opening game of the season i he was so lucky to not walk away with a booking really early in that game i think and i i think the referee was probably if tanganga wasn't on a yellow already for what he did prior that challenge to get him his red card he would have never gotten a card for that that would have been his talking to but i think the the coming together with Zaha, the resulting yellow, I guarantee the ref pulled him aside. He said, one more. You get one more and you're gone. Like, I don't care what it is. One more foot in the wrong spot and you're off my pitch. And three minutes later, he gets himself sent off. 
I yeah. think you just need to play with a calmer head. I mean, you're playing at the top level. It's a game you shouldn't be getting a red in. Um, I think I think it just kind of speaks to who he is as a player. He's you young, know, though. He's young. He's young. young you to, he's young. But but you have to learn from those mistakes. And if he's going to continue playing like that, it's not going to be good for him. No, probably not. Yeah, I guess my thoughts on the game. Uh, it's pretty impressive from Palace, considering they're still without Eze. I thought he was really good last year, and they're been without him for a few games. So I think when he gets folded back into the team, they're going to look even better. Um, they've also had just some good roster turnover. I was talking to Mitch before we started recording. Uh, you know, they've lost Patrick Van Onelt, uh, a couple other players that they just kind of rotated out of the team that I honestly didn't really rate over the past couple of years. Um I think they've rotated the team well and, you know, five points in the first four games for Palace really isn't that bad. I think they will be a, a decent uh, kind of close to the teens um, team in the table. Yeah. Yeah. I think I can agree with that I think they'll finish comfortably mid table. Yep. Uh, moving from the middle to the bottom of the table, <laughs> the battle for last place. The relegation derby, baby. <laughs> this is actually a pretty fun game to watch, uh, all things considered. Arsenal, Norwich over the weekend. Um, another shaky game uh, controlled by Michael Oliver. Uh, there were some very inconsistent calls throughout the game. I don't know if either of you watched this one. Nope. Um, kind of big takeaways from the game i don't know if arsenal deserved to win that game um they definitely didn't really earn it with their play uh i think norwich handed it to them more than anything um rashisa was way too patient i thought i think he reminded me a lot of how um kaita has been playing lately you know, he was trying to make these elaborate dribbles, touches, um, holding up play. And I and I thought that Norwich could have benefited from maybe a quicker ball in to Puki. Um, Gabriel was all over him all game. Puki was crying. Um, he did get kicked in the head at one point uh, inadvertently uh, that kind of didn't really get looked at. Uh, so he was pretty up, upset with that. Um, but all, all in all, I think cruel looked really well in net really, really good, really solid. Um, Norwich, uh, again, I think, uh, deserved a draw there. Um, but Arsenal were able to squeak out uh, a win. I thought this one was interesting too. You know, I watched it as well. Um, Probably Arsenal probably didn't deserve three points. You know, the goal they did score from Aubameyang was a, a poacher's goal. Um, that comes from just being a smart player in the right position, uh, you know, and getting it over the line. Um, again, from Arteta, not really any sign of tactics. But I did think there were some bright spots for Arsenal. Uh, Tommy Yasu, the new defender they just bought, I thought was really good. He was kind of all over the place. And, you know, he had uh, a half volley uh, – in the opposition 18 that you know wasn't too far off a goal. I thought Ramsdale looked sharp in goal for Arsenal. Um, so there was some bright spots from the game. Uh, but again, it's Norwich. Um, 
for Norwich. Uh, you know, they're very close to being automatically in the in the relegation zone for the rest of the year if they don't gather a few points. I don't understand why Billy Gilmore um, and Ozan Kabak are still on the bench. You go out and get these guys on loan um, and they're impact players that are probably going to help you win a few points this year. And I think you need to get them into the team as soon as possible. I agree. Um, I think Norwich were just kind of lacking that little extra something. Um, and I agree with you. Tommy Asu was kind of, he was hungry. <laughs> he came out very hungry. Um, and he was, I think, I think he's, once he gets his, legs under him and get some more consistent minutes he's going to be a a very very good addition for arsenal i guess we can get right into this is the game i had on my big tv ronaldo's return uh to man united how excited were you guys for this one i could care less (laughs) (laughs) um i think i think just from an overall you know name like ronaldo returning to the premier league it's such a a great thing for the game um but i for the for the matchup itself united newcastle isn't isn't something that uh gets me buzzing i would say i don't think united anything ever gets me buzzing but come on for a as a neutral it's good to see a name like ronaldo back in the premier league all right i'll admit it there are you happy mitchell very thank you it was it's good to see him back. It's cool to see us have a name that gets legitimately everyone excited. I wanted them to lose so the media would stop talking about Ronaldo's lack of eating dessert. This one was fun did. for me, they honestly. Even as a Liverpool fan, you don't like to see Ronaldo and Man United winning, but to see him score and do the Sue, it, it was kind of cool. It's kind of... <laughs> You have a dump in your pants if you can't watch that and smile. Hey, uh, his goals other... kind of felt like gimme the gimmies though, right? They were like don't all of them easy. though. I mean, his his goal for United against the young boys was a is a gimme tap in three yard five hole, fucking whatever. We'll get into that later. Hey, he's but, hit the goalies uh, in goalie in the hands three times for his first even, three goals for United. Yes, there was even some uh, some sauce from a former Liverpool legend, Javi Manquillo. Uh, The announcers called him Javi Martinez, uh, which was was corrected. Uh, But he scored the lone goal for Newcastle. Um, No, it it was a fun game. Uh, I think think the goal of the game obviously goes to Bruno Fernandes with a piss missile. Yep. That... uh, I mean, United Twitter firing on all cylinders with uh, penalty Bruno memes. Did you guys get a, a listen to the Newcastle chant that was going around the ground? I, did not. I didn't hear it. Jordy boys were on a bender. Cristiano's a sex offender. Oh, <laughs> that's, a spi- that's a spicy one. <laughs> um, Much spice. Mitch, I see you got this in the notes here. I just kind of wanted to touch on it because I I have an opinion that may shock some individuals. Um, I was chatting with our friend, uh, Cameron, and we were just kind of like, you know, chatting back and forth about football. And uh, he said something to me that I, I thought about, and I think I actually agree with it. I can't um, believe this. 
Pogba on form is the best midfielder in the world right now. I I think right now I can agree like, with that. There's no one like he's playing out of his mind. Like yes, this is the Pogba they thought they bought. Yes, he's if they keep it up, like he's playing unbelievable right now. He's, so so remember like 47 years ago when they re-signed Paul Pogba at United. He's finally and, back, and everybody was like, "Pog back." Finally, now he is. Now it's, Pog is back. It's been 84 years. He has seven assists in four games. He had six total assists all of the last two seasons. All in of fairness, the last one two of those seasons. Was trying to play him as a center back. Yes. I, I tried to sit that. here and think of a couple midfielders that might be better than him at the moment. I couldn't think of any, but I imagine if I gave uh, Graham Sunis a ring, he could probably give me a couple examples. Of course he could. Get him in the I would tell you that he could be better than Pogba right now. <laughs> I mean, I, I feel like just overall prolific midfielder, he, he's got size, he's got the athleticism, the strength. It's like taking all of the best qualities from all of the best midfielders and blending it into this demigod of a fucking human being. Yeah, he's playing and out when, of his fucking mind right now. And it, it arguably one of the best players in the world right now. Right yeah, now, if form, you're yeah, on form right now, Paul Pogba is in the conversation again. Mm-hmm. And and that's good for soccer. I feel like everything going on right now in the world of football is good for the game. Yeah. Everything after the Super League bullshit, it's like everything was up from there. And the level of play we're seeing, the the goals, the matchups, like it's just so refreshing to finally see consistent competitive football across these these big clubs. It's a lot of fun. Sorry for the passion. There was a whole lot of passion. A whole lot of passion. I'm, I'm happy. Your Jordan Henderson's rubbing off on you. <laughs> yeah, maybe I should just take a whack at a 28-yarder. Hey, you could captain Liverpool, dude. All you got to do is run around and yell. Hey, now. <laughs> <laughs> Anywho, uh, so Southampton and West Ham. Um so remember last week on the podcast when I was like, whoa, I'm transferring in Jamie Vardy and I'm going to captain him in fantasy because we mm-hmm. can't play Ederson. Well, mm-hmm. these Brazilians could play, which I'll mm-hmm. talk about in a second here. So I transferred Jamie Vardy out and I was like, we're going to get, we're going to get Antonio in there. He's been on fire. Like there's no way he's going to at least score me like a goal or two. Like Southampton aren't great. Like let's get him in there. And I captained him this week to boot too. I was like, mm. yeah, he's going to do so good for me. And all this did was confirm my fantasy captain's curse because Antonio got fucking sent off. I laughed so fucking hard when you told me what you did. Yeah, it was Negative four points? Negative four points. He got me negative four points. At least he, he, he scored one today. Yeah, that doesn't help me. That does nothing for me. You right, you right. But hey, you know, like it's just a Premier League game. It was disappointing. I I thought this match was going to be a little bit more entertaining than it was. 
obviously the Antonio red is extremely frustrating for him having to take the next game off. Who, who are West Ham playing next? We have it on the Man United this weekend. Ooh. Yeah, Mitch, how about you read the preview? They're going to have a day left or two I days. have it on a very tiny screen because it, make, it makes my face too bright. The, two days the- less rest than Man United as well, which kind of sucks for them. Yeah, and without Antonio, that's going to be not fun. But, I'm pretty uh, sure the, the game in Zagreb today was in Croatia, so it's a long journey back home as well. Jeez. Who's, who is scheduling these games? <laughs> the the Southampton ones, are, it, it, at the end, it's a, it's a good point for Southampton. I it think is. They're, I know we had them in the – we mentioned them in the relegation battle. I thought they'd stay up. It's interesting how they're playing lately. They're playing with like a, a top five almost, just in a weird formation. Adam Armstrong, I thought was a good addition they got, you know, this summer from Blackburn. And they're kind of going with like a, a mixed lineup of who they played last year with Jenna Poe and Ward Prowse and Redmond. So it's like this mix of old and new. Uh, I honestly don't know. I might go back on my statement that they're, they're probably going to be fighting towards the bottom, but they're bad. They lost Vestigard too. Yeah. They're bad. They're not a very good team. Big sad, big bad. Um, so uh, I guess I can really just sum up the next game here because not a whole lot happened. Uh, one goal, City and Leicester. We got our Brazilians. Bernardo scored the one goal. Could have maybe had two. Ferran Torres was just barely offsides for one. Jamie Vardy almost had one also offsides pretty tight contest it, it happens uh lester are a good side it was a, a pretty tight tactical game uh it's really all there was to it it was one goal in it city had all the possession it's all that wasn't super duper exciting i don't know the brazilians know played uh i i saw bits and pieces i was kind of flipping back and forth um i saw the vardy goal get called off and it, I mean, he was off sides, but I, I feel like it wasn't by as much as it looked like. It was pretty narrow. It was a narrow it was, call. It was pretty narrow. Um, yeah, I don't think there was really anything much to say from from that game. No, um, not really. Bernardo was really, really good. That's all I have to say. I love him. You love him. I hate uh, him. Yeah, Chelsea I would do a wanker. Sat there and stared <laughs> at you during your fucking that was the moment he decided we were winning the title next year when he had to give you guys the guard of honor he just stood there with his coffee cup <laughs> that was so much fun the guard of honor from from city don't you agree josh that was nice yeah silva's just a little smug good times good times cut that off then absolutely adore him um just a couple more games we want to touch on um chelsea and villa uh, Mendy is so fucking good. Yeah, he's an unbelievable goalkeeper, man. Yeah, I think I mentioned is... it last week. He's so good at just reading balls in the air too, and balls like that are in the middle of like the six yard box and the eighteen. He can come out and get. He's boss. His positioning is unbelievable, and his reaction time is unbelievable. And when you have those, I mean, you're you're pretty solid. 
Yeah, you're doing I saw, all right. I saw him. I saw him feed some balls out too that were really impressive. And yeah, he's I not like amazing with his feet, but yeah, he's not. But like, I I can definitely like he's still pretty young. What is he? Twenty five? Twenty four? Yeah, I think he's younger than twenty five. I think he. I think he's twenty four ish. And and I mean, at that age for for a keeper, I mean, he, I, I I think he's the missing link for Chelsea. I think their their keeping position over the last few years was definitely in dire need of a of an upgrade and i think he's brought that in um the only other real note kovacic and lukaku scored their first goals at stanford bridge um pretty big news there lukaku looks dangerous man he scored again in the champions league he just looks he's getting comfortable he's getting he has he has that fire really he's a goal machine man he's a goal it's good to see when you get that um, perfect balance of pace and power, you're just so hard to defend. Mm-hmm. It's like look good. it's like Balotelli without the head case. You know what I mean? Like if Balotelli, if Balotelli sort of. tried, if he truly tried, and he had a hey, whole different outlook, he never missed a penalty. All right, <laughs> never. Yeah, but he missed some missed some uh, empty netter back heels. Yeah, he thought the he thought the ref blew. All right, he heard mm. a whistle from the crowd, and he mm. thought it was the ref. You know who came on for Balotelli in that? Is it Adam Johnson? Milner. Ugh, fuck him. Fuck you. Fuck him. Oh, fuck you. I want to leave City and win trophies and play my natural Gentlemen. position. I played left back for a whole season and didn't win shit the season I left. Gentlemen. Gentlemen. Any any last words on Chelsea Villa? I don't think there's really much else to say. Um, And we'll we'll wrap up the Premier League on uh, on Leeds Liverpool. Hey, hey, big suck. Thoughts with Harvey Elliott, man. That's a you hate to see that. Yeah, so we had a running notes doc here that we were kind of taking notes throughout the the games, and I'm just kind of noticing that we didn't have any notes, and I think it was because. You know, me, I don't know about Mitch, but after that happened, I was really excited for the game. I just didn't feel like kind of doing anything for the rest of I was kind of done with the writing notes and social media just because it when a young player like that gets hurt, especially after having the start to the season he did, just kind of takes the wind out of everything. It was absolutely gutting. Um, I was in a Discord call with Pat and Cam watching the game and i think i'm the only one out of the three of us that saw it happen live, like actually saw what happened live um and i i have knee issues everybody that knows me knows this and i and i will i am a knee i I, like i don't like leg injuries whatsoever and when i saw that like my stomach just turned um Good on the broadcast for not showing it again. Yep. Good on the the players and uh, and fans all you know giving him the ovation off. Obviously, a section of lead supporters um, chanting some ignorant things. Uh, we we've been seeing that a lot lately in in football, unfortunately. But you know, eighteen years old, really finding his form. And to just destroy your ankle like that, uh, they were able to reset it on on the pitch. He underwent a surgery. 
um, which I'll, I'll road to recovery from here now. So I just, I hope it doesn't shake his confidence because he, he's got that swagger and not a lot of young players have. I think, I think it's a mix of, you know, cockiness and confidence and he toes the line a lot, but there is a, there's a reason why he is, um, you know, getting the support he is right now, you know, uh, from both Liverpool supporters and uh, supporters of our other clubs. He, he commandeers that respect with his play, uh, not with how he handles himself on social media uh, by any means, but. I like it though. Cause he's a little piss taker sometimes and you need that when you're that young. Um, I do. I did see that he's going to probably be back by the end of the season. Hopefully whether he actually gets back in the starting 11, who knows, maybe he can make a cameo at the end. I, I think he will make it through because of his confidence. You're right. He toes the line perfectly. I, I saw that comedy made to a United fan that was kind of bantering him. And he was like, I have more legs than United has major trophies in the last six years. <laughs> I thought that was pretty funny, but to kind of get into the actual game, uh, I, I thought it was pretty good. Fabinho was man of the match by a country mile. Not only did he get a goal, but the first half, he was just so immense. You can see why Klopp calls him Hoover. It's because he just vacuums up everything. Any loose balls, he just clears. I mean, he was just so good. Couldn't agree with you more. Right? And and that's really, I mean, he he's been consistently in the man of the match shouts all season for us. I think he's in uh, a very, very, very good way right now with his play. Um, I think Trent has been um, solid uh, as well over the last few weeks. Um, he has had some shaky, um, you know, moments, but I think all in all, he's been very impressive. Um, Salah marking his hundredth, uh, hundredth goal. Uh, was it in the premier league in the premier um, league? Cause two were for Chelsea. Yep. Yeah. Um, so conversely, I, I do think it's important to mention with this one that I love Saudio. He's class. He's done worlds for bringing Liverpool like back into the realm of being a big club. Uh, and he was here before a lot of people were, but you know, he was pretty poor. I know he got a goal, but if he didn't grab a goal by the end of that one, it would have been a, a four out of 10, probably. And miss I mean, he was, was he was missing some sitters. He, it, it, it really stood out. And I think it, I think it took away a lot from his, um, his overall performance and what he did. Um, just even if he's on an off night, he still needs to be marked. He still is taking one, two players away uh, when he has the ball at his feet and he opens up a lot of space. But when you take 30 shots and you convert three of them, it's frustrating. It's frustrating. It was, I think the scoreline is one thing, but it was a very frustrating three points all in all for Liverpool. Any other thoughts, Pat? No, I got nothing else to say on that one. Nice. I guess we can run through just the other score lines. Uh, you know, Brighton beat Brentford. Uh, Trossard got a goal. Wolves beat Watford 2-0. Dortmund Leverkusen was a wild one. 4-3 to Dortmund. Um, Four goals in the second half. That was that was yeah, a fun one. That was an interesting one. 
Napoli beat Juventus, a uh, late goal from Koulibaly. That was actually a really good game. Um, I'm trying to see if there's any other ones. I don't see any, so we can dive right into the Champions League. That's what everyone wants to hear about this week. Ton Champions! Of, ton Yo. of Europe games, ton okay. of goals, so much excitement. Who wants to start us off? The Sevilla Salzburg game was hysterical, dude. It was so funny. I was watching that game, and Salzburg, and there were four penalties in that game, and only they both were the goals. And Salzburg went one for three from the spot, and Sevilla scored their one penalty. It was a disaster. There was one kid that drew all of them because I'm pretty sure Liverpool was linked with him after the game. Yeah, that was all the name. He had a phenomenal game despite missing a penalty. The fact that you can just win three penalties alone is unbelievably impressive. Like young kids stepping up to take a penalty. Like, I don't know if he's regularly their taker. I know that when he won the first one, he like picked the ball right up and was like, I'm taking it. So I don't know. You know what happens, but like winning three penalties is impressive enough. But there was four penalties in one game. It was just like insane. Bruno Fernandez could never. <laughs> uh, when I, when you were watching that game, I was watching the Young Boys United game. Phew. Um, I was kind of first half. Pat's texting me, "Holy shit, Penchester over here." You know, penalties left and right. I'm watching a young boys United game where Ronaldo scores a three foot squeaker through the five hole. We see some shit happen. We run to the 75th minute. Ronaldo gets subbed off for Jesse Lingard. And the young boys end up winning this game in the 94th minute, 2-1. I was shooketh. Yeah, it was a wild one. I think at the end of the day, it's just poor game management from Ole. I mean, I wouldn't blame the players. I think it's, you know, who he brought off or who he brought on. Uh, He's a gym teacher and a skier all in one. He just, I don't know where he needs to go, but it's not Manchester United. You have five subs, five subs. It's United in the conversation for one of the top sides in the world right now. You have the best midfielder in form right now. You have fucking Cristiano Ronaldo. You sub him off in the 75th minute for Jesse. And you lose the game. I I think it's. I mean, is it game one in the group stage? Yes. Are they trying to find their footing still with these new additions here and there? I guess it didn't look like it on the weekend. They looked like they were fucking firing on all cylinders. Pogba's dishing the ball all over the place. You got Bruno Fernandez banging in 30 yarders. You go up against the young boys and you stink one. And let's be honest, it's not like they like drew or lost to like a Lille or 
I mean, they're even like a Benfica, like a mid-level team. That would be like in the group stage last year if Liverpool lost their first game to Michelin. Yes. It's embarrassing. And you just question the moves. You get two extra subs. You get two extra, and you can't find somebody on that bench to come in and solidify a win. It's not like it's not like they they were down. They, they were went down up a man, one. Though. They were they did end up going down a man, but they they had a one nil lead, and were still dominant with possession, dominant with clearances. They were they were very 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 tight for the first eighty minutes. They were playing down two men with Fred on the pitch. <laughs> yeah, might as well, honestly. Uh, to, to talk about the red card, you see challenges like that kind of given both ways every time. Uh, but a straight red and no t- – like, that was his first foul of the game, was it not? It was a early. straight red for that? Like, I don't I know. Think, I, think that was, I think that was a suspect red card. I think it should have been – a stern yellow and a, yeah, and a final warning that definitely just felt like a yellow. Hey, that was a little tough. Don't do that again. I, I don't know. I don't know about a red card for that. Like you see him giving both ways. Cause, cause I get it. He was late. Studs were up a little bit over the ball. Like you see calls like that go both ways all the time. It was really similar to uh, Cancelo's red card a couple weeks ago for city. Yep. So like you, you see them happen. I just, I don't know. I don't know if that was a red card. I think I think it was definitely one of those statement cards. I think it was establishing, you know, how how this is going to go because there were there were some physical moments throughout the the start of the game, um, and I think with a team like Young Boys, obviously you can't just like call the game one way, but like they should be the ones getting the cards mm-hmm. in a game like this because they're so outmatched, they're going to need that physicality to do something. But um, regardless, a team like Man Man United, they made the change, shifted formation, and and they held that pressure really, really well, much like Chelsea did Liverpool. You know, early red card, they change it up, park the bus, absorb the pressure, they have the tools to disperse it. And they did that. I think the plans just went out the window after young boys tied up the game. And then they just made whatever subs to try and, I I don't know if they were trying to get the draw or, or what, like, are are they trying to go back out and get the three points? If you're going to do that, why would you take one of the most prolific goal scorers in the world ever to do it off the pitch you wouldn't so i guess at that point they're just trying their man down tie game let's try and go home with a point and then they let in a, a a last second goal it just it's embarrassing it's it's i think united fans should be angry at this one yeah totally yeah. agree yeah. and i think I, I think that was really the 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 big kind of asterisk on day one of the group stage is holy shit Young boys, just 2-1 to United, you know? 
Yeah, there were some uh, other good results too. And you know, the next game was Leo Wolfsburg. Wolfsburg's the only remaining team in the Bundesliga that's perfect. They've won their first four on a pretty good run of form. Um, so I wasn't too surprised by them getting a point with Lille. Uh, anyone have thoughts on that one? I didn't end up watching that game. No, um, I did not either. Pretty, pretty similar thoughts to you though. Wolfsburg impressive early season form. Uh, Villarreal Atlanta was a fun one. Good, good two, two draw goals all around. It was good. Uh, yep. Villarreal do look like a good side still. I think, uh, the, the point you made Josh about, you know, them being a, just a good side when you kind of talked about how they had won the Europa League, they're in the Champions League now. I could probably see them topping the group or, or finishing second, maybe above my pick of Atalanta after, you know, just match match one. But I liked that game. Uh, I I enjoyed it. I like, I like when there are like actually goals in these European games where you get like conflicting ways of playing the game, kind of bumping into each other. Yeah, it's going to be a really close group for who gets the the two and the three spot. Um, mm-hmm. It's going to be real tight. Chelsea Zenit. This one was this one was good too. You know, lone goal by Lukaku. Chelsea impressive as always. Uh, don't think I really have much else to say other than it's a very Thomas Tuchel performance. Yep. Uh, control. Yeah, was. yeah, they just got what they needed, and we you know left the bridge with a clean sheet and three points. Can't complain about that. Juve listened to our uh, preview episode about the Champions League. It's fuck the main stand. Went out and scored three. Dude, I can't. I, ba- I back the boys. I can't with this one because – so this one makes me mad because Juve is the team I would pick. I- I've been ramping up Italy all week on Twitter, on the podcast. I'm saying Italy, you know, the second most competitive league in all of Europe. And then I'm like, if I had to pick one team to drop points the first – I would probably pick Juve because they've been shit, especially losing to Napoli in the weekend. (laughs) And then Juventus go on and put the best performance on out of any of them. And all the other Italian sides just drop massive dumps. So this one made me angry. You have every right to be angry. Um, The next group of people that have a right to be angry are Barcelona fans. (laughs) Yes, they do. (laughs) Because I would be sick and tired of seeing Bayern if I was Barca. What is it, like 11, 11 to 2 in the last three games? Bayern are treating Barca like they treated Arsenal those couple of years ago. They're just beating the brakes off of them every time that they play. And this Barca team looks so uninspired, man. They just don't it, look good. It wasn't a contest. Like, Barcelona just looked – it looked like a different team. It looked like you like you hit the, the simulation draft button and it's a bunch of guys that just have no chemistry. Like Bayern absolutely manhandles Barcelona here. Yeah, and then if I'm a Barca fan, I'm livid too to hear Komen in the post-match after being like, it's all we could do. Sorry. No, it's not. So it's what do you think? It's, it isn't, obviously. But like, to how, hear him how do say you... that... How do you how do you say something like that after a Champions League game? That's all they could do. That's all we that's all we got. Sorry, guys. I don't know what to, like Ricky Bobby. I don't know what to do with my hands. Yeah, it's Coleman, but I don't. Coleman's know a loser. With. First of he's all, a, yeah, he's <laughs> terrible. Barca fans should be more upset that they lost at home that bad. They didn't just get embarrassed. They got embarrassed at home, 
And they're also just like Memphis is going to win them a ton of points this year and score a ton of goals, but they're kind of a dead team. Yeah, they stink. That's just as simple as. I mean, you Barca fans can go on about heritage and, you know, Messi built this club. He's not here now, but we're still Barcelona. We're bigger than Messi. You're really not. Are they? You're really not. Are they? Unless Johan Cruyff arises from the dead, I don't see them doing anything for the next five years. Yeah, it's going to take a really, really long rebuild. They should let him go a couple. Honestly, like to the like year and a half ago, he wanted to leave. They should have started the rebuild as early as possible. But we want to talk about an Arsenal fall from grace. Oh, let me tell you what's happening over at the camp now, huh? And it yeah. all started with them blocking me on Twitter. Yep, that was the beginning of the end. <laughs> Josh Ricker is claiming responsibility for the fall of Barcelona. And then, I put uh, my little B curse on them. <laughs> Jesus. <laughs> the last game of uh, day one of the Champions League of action. Kiev Benfica, nil nil. Um, I was working, so I didn't get a chance to see this game. That's expected. Benfica's defense is pretty good. It's just they don't really have prolific attacks either of them. Yeah, I, I think that was kind of like a like a match you expect to see. Um, but I mean, each side gets a point. Uh, finishes out day one. I didn't get a chance to watch that game either, by the way. Um, day two. Day two, day two was fun ones. busy. It was very busy. Um, started out with uh, two games. Pat, you watched the dortmund Besiktas game, didn't you? Uh, yeah, bits and pieces of it. You want to talk about that? I know yeah, Holland I, scored. Yeah, he did. Holland did score. So did Jude Bellingham. Yeah, Dortmund uh, did what you know we thought Dortmund were going to do in this group, and they won the game. They look pretty solid. They definitely don't look like they do in the Bundesliga. Uh, Erling Holland is a freak, and I think the Champions League anthem awakes something inside of him. Uh, great player. Kind of like how the the Halloween theme song awoke in the beast awoke inside Kobe. of Kobe Bryant. Exactly. Yeah, I, uh, I think the Champions League theme song awakened something in. Anybody that enjoys the game of soccer. Yeah, but Holland especially. How he was blessed with it. For real. He's got what 21 goals at 21 years old in the Champions League, something crazy like that. Or is it more? No, it's like 21. Know. Yeah, I think no, he's I 20 21 at man. 21 in two years, three years. It's insane. Yeah, it's, it's crazy. It's absolutely bonkers. Um he has like eight goal comps, like goals and assists in the first like five games, which is pretty yeah, crazy. He's too. playing out of his mind. Um, you know what else was was crazy? It's we've got a new sheriff in town. I shit my pants. That first goal, that little volley at the top of the 18. They got some names over at Sheriff. Adama Listen. Traore, Cristiano. Ronaldo madness no, in no, Moldova. Chris, like their first game in the champions league and they came out fucking swinging. These guys don't have shirt sponsors. Shakhtar came out in those butt ugly alternates that don't have a badge on them. I'm just noticing that they don't they have, have a nothing. fucking badge. 
It says their name and their sponsor and then Puma. And that's it. No, the badge is all over. It's like uh, you can't see that shit from the TV. It's a pattern. You can't. Oh, I don't give a fuck about a pattern. If you're going to go out and lose 2-0 to the Moldovan Giants. I, I like the statistics that these guys have in their in their uh home league are ins- they've only dropped two games in the last two years i'm pretty sure like they're menaces in moldova that's insane yo and Mabel, i really want to see them get out of the group like i i i will i will own up to me telling them to fuck off to fourth last last week like i don't think anybody expected them to come out and do anything like it's the Champions League. This is the club's first fucking appearance. Everybody's shitting their pants. The players, the owners, the fans, everyone. And they come out and put out a dominant 2-0 performance. Yep. That almost dominant. kills your Shakhtar argument, Pat, right from the start because they needed those three points. Need They'll it. do fine. They'll do fine. Second in the group still. Sheriff is going to be first. Yeah, Sheriff and Shakhtar are coming out of the group now. <laughs> <laughs> the second game uh, of that group was Real Madrid and Inter Milan. 1-0 to Madrid thanks to Rodrigo. Uh, Real Madrid were actually the underdogs in this match, which made no sense, even though it was at the San Siro. They played twice in the Champions League last year. Real Madrid won both times, and especially after Inter lost some, I would say, key pieces in Lukaku and Hakimi um, this summer. I don't know why Inter was favored in this match. I thought Real Madrid was going to win. And they came out and won a nice, clean 1-0 victory to start out the group. Yeah. I think Camavanga looked pretty pretty nice. Was that his debut or his second game? Second game, because he scored a goal in his debut. Um, I thought he, he looked solid. It was a late goal from, from Real. Um, I, I think, you know, as, as underdogs, quote-unquote, um, you know, it's a big game for them to, to grab three points, especially late against a club like Inter. Um, I, th- I thought it was a good good way to start the group, um, for sure, for a club like that. Um, Atletico and Porto. We had a nil-nil draw with 28 goals scored. You'd think you'd see some from this game, and nope. we didn't. No, Simeone, it's a dead thing, man. It, he ain't going to uh, press too hard in the first game of the group stage. I'm not really surprised. Gotta save by the it. legs. Yeah, I am surprised. I mean, Griezmann was playing. I did think they'd beat Porto. Uh, I thought they'd maybe have a little bit more trouble with a team like Milan after Milan showing yesterday. I don't know about that, but um, <laughs> <laughs> I did think they would win. So I think it's a good point for Porto. It's a great point for Liverpool, though. Um, both of those teams dropping points in in match day one. You gotta love that. Uh, so the next game, Liverpool, Milan, three to, to Liverpool at Anfield. Mitch, do you want to kick us off with this one? Yeah, and I, I mentioned it before the game to Josh when we got the lineups. Uh, I was concerned. My nerves came back. I, I It felt like 2019 nerves seeing a team like that. Um, I don't think anybody expected to, to see Divock Origi start this game um and clearly nobody 
thought he was going to make an impact regardless. Um, saw some some shouts, some uh, blame for for some things going his way. Unfortunate injury to him um, in his season debut. You know what, uh, though? That chip he had to Sala on the second goal was pretty exquisite. It was. It was well. It was perfectly weighted. Perfectly weighted. I mean, he has the ability to go out and do that. We've seen it. And I think, especially in the Champions League, Origi has his name etched in Liverpool lore forever. I mean, you can't ever forget corner taken quickly, Origi. You know, like that is one of the most massive goals in our club's history. I just think with all of the talk this summer, expecting him to make a move out of the club, especially not making an appearance yet this year, I don't think this was the game we expected to see him start. Um, we go up quick, quick with a, a own goal. Um, Trent Alexander had had put um, put that on uh, on net given the own goal in the long run, I think it took like 20 minutes for them to decide like if they were going to give him credit for the goal or not. Um, and then within five minutes, you know, 40th minute shambles. We, uh, we let in two stinkers. Nabi Kita uh, pulled Matip out of position on that first one. Uh, very frustrating, uh, you know, just leaving somebody wide open in the box. Um, you never want to see a goal scored like that. And then three minutes later, let in another one to go down two one at the half at home to start the champions league against a underwhelming AC Milan. Yeah. It was a weird one too. Cause it wasn't like, I think Trent pulled Matip out of position on the first one as well, but, uh, it's not like any of those guys had necessarily, I did think Kaita had a bad game. But the defenders didn't have a bad game. They switched off for five minutes. Yes, they led in two goals, but they only had four touches in our box in the first half. Um, so it's not like they had bad games. They just switched off, and that, that can't happen. Uh, second half was much more clean. I do think if you had Van Dyke in, in the middle in that game, maybe you don't concede one of those just from an organizational standpoint. I think he controls that back line a little better. Um, to go back to the beginning of the game, I just wanted to add my two cents. It's Milan's first Champions League night since 2014, uh, when guys like Balotelli and Kaka were still in the team, actually. Um, you would think they would really turn up for it, and I, I was disappointed for Milan's fans, honestly, because I it seemed like a pub team was out there and Liverpool were just passing around them. It, it legitimately was bad for a good 10-15 minute stage where Milan could not touch the ball. Um, it easily could have been 2-0 within the first 15 minutes if Sala nails that pen. You know, people are saying it's a bad pen and stuff. That's really just how Sala takes penalties. He likes to put them right down the middle. Um, but, yeah, Milan were just outclassed, and they, they were kind of lucky to go into halftime with a lead. And then Liverpool uh, come out much sharper in the second half, and Jordan Henderson does what every captain should and goes out and gets a captain's goal when we needed it most. Um which was nice because it's his first Champions League goal since Ludogorets in 2014. Uh, so it's good to see him go, you know, put in a big shift in Europe. I, I was pretty happy for Hendo. Yeah, that's a that's a huge goal. And I feel like um, he just, in the Champions League especially, 
steps up in those moments of, of need, like runs around, like he doesn't know how to control himself. Um, yeah. and it's just a problem. Sorry about that. Yeah, no, it's just like, it's just, it's huge to have somebody step up in those moments when you need them most. Mm-hmm. Um, and I, I think that speaks volume. I don't, I've, I haven't rated Hendo as highly as a lot of other Liverpool fans ever have. Um, and I'll, I'll be the first one to own up to that, but he, he surprises me, um, when, when it counts. And yeah. I think that goes a long way. Yeah. And just a uh, final point on this one is that, you know, you can look at this game and say, Liverpool should have won by a bigger margin. They were a little sloppy, but at the end of the day, uh, that's a European night at Anfield, isn't it? It's just part of the experience of Liverpool kind of, you know, going down, c- coming from behind, even when they're, they look like the best team in the world and they go into halftime losing uh, us coming back and, and doing it in that fashion. It's just, uh, I wouldn't trade it for the world because it's, it's why we support Liverpool to go through those ups and downs. And I thought uh, Wednesday night was just a perfect example of that. Just like a classic game that, uh, you know, it's, it almost gives you a heart attack, but it's one you could never not enjoy. And and I think Mignon could have easily kept us out of that. He was unbelievable in that. Very good keeper. I think I think he definitely should have shouts for the best player on their squad. Um, uh, and then, how would you feel about Frank Kessie? Didn't have we've a good been, game, but I, I rate him. We've been we've been we've been linked to a, a Kessie move for some time now. And there were shouts that, you know, this kind of put the nail in his coffin for a Liverpool move. I, I think he was very sloppy in the midfield. Um, obviously a different pl- type of player than a Nabi Kita or Kaita, sorry. Uh, but they, I think they had similar games in that they were more of a liability than an addition to their teams. Yeah, the one thing I'll say is I think Kessie probably suffered as a result of the people around him where Kaita yes. made the problems for himself. Yes. Also, Klopp, I know he buys people that play good against us in the Champions League, but also Allison Becker gave up seven goals to us in two games yep. and he went and bought, bought him in the same summer. So I wouldn't, he's a young player. Yeah. I, I, ju- I just wanted to get your opinion on that because yep. we haven't talked about that one. And I think that was, that was a, big storyline to come out of that game but mm-hmm. pat why don't you take us away what did you think of man city huge scoreline against rb leipzig no defending just vibes uh Grealish scored his first goal and got an assist uh he was my man of the match he was also like man of the match overall super impressive hat trick from Unkuku too like kind of came out like it's like a, the match ball that like i'd be pissed to get if I was him, though, on the end of a 6-3 drubbing, but at the same time, it's like, congrats, dude. You scored a hat trick. I mean, it wasn't really that much of a drubbing either. Like, they kept it competitive until the, you know, 60, 65th minute. Yeah, they were in it the entire game. I literally thought they were going to come back and equalize a couple of times, but, you know. Came close. Guardiola, I saw a really funny tweet that kind of summed up the whole game. It's like, Guardiola in the locker room. You know, we have to be in position. We must be meticulous. We must be doing this. And then it was like Man City players. Ha ha, goal machine go burr. 
you know, it, it just felt like, yeah, I was talking, I work with my, a buddy of mine who's also a city fan and we were just chatting between the game and he was like, where is the defending? What is going on? And then I was like, what I said to sum the game up, there is no defending. There's just vibes. Just goals. And that's all it was. Nine goals. It was a wicked good watch. I was having a blast. I think we're going to talk about this one a little bit more towards the end too. So we can save yeah, some of are. that. Uh, we had another fucking goal machine go game. Yeah, for real, dude. <laughs> X five sporting one. I didn't get a chance to watch this game. Um, but just based on what I saw, it was a no contest from start to finish. Um, let me just pull, pull this up to you. Do either of you have things to say about this game? Uh, it's a I weird one get... to tell, man, because Ajax is such a hard one to get a gauge on because they do play in the Netherlands, and it's hard to really gauge how good their competition is they're facing week in, week out. Sporting, I thought, would be better. I will say that. Oh, well, the stats say Ajax dominated this game, though. I mean, 3.14 compared to 0.69 XG, 13 shots to 9, 14 chances created, 5 big chances, like... It just seemed like the only thing that Sporting did was concede more fouls. Uh, no, Sporting had 11 fouls. Oh, and uh, Ajax had 27. Oh, that's insane. <laughs> uh, six yellows in the game. That's fun. I don't know. I think that's fun. I don't know about you guys, but I like, I like. Five one. Did game, David like Nerez get a goal? Uh, it was see. Holler scored four. Yep. And Berghuis, Berghuis scored an, the another one. But yeah, shout out Holler. Didn't do it for West Ham. He's doing it for Ajax though. So. Wait, Paulinho's at Sporting. Yep. No shit. Good for him. Barca's done sending him to China to launder money, so he's in <laughs> Portugal. Ronaldo, I go to your home. Yeah, essentially. The last game of the group stages. Uh, was, this one just really helped me. So I was really happy to see this happen. Uh, Bruges won, PSG won. Bro, who got you smiling like that? Club Bruges, that's who. Migs? Migs. One, one. Love to see the American scoring the goal for Bruges. Yes, but PSG. Yeah, they did not look Migs good. in net. I think every single Liverpool fan can can agree with us here. It should not have been a one-one game. Migs only had what four saves, three yeah, saves, a couple, a handful, if that. And they weren't. They didn't test him. Messi hit the crossbar once, like. The best part was Meg's quote, like last night about it not being like a hard game. It's like, no, it wasn't hard by any means, but like the quote itself of him saying, like, oh yeah, goal goalkeeping against Messi, Neymar, and Mbappe just like wasn't that hard. Yeah, no big deal. Saves, no big deal. Oh my god, Meg's taking the absolute piss. I think PSG will improve as this group goes on, but uh, that's definitely two points dropped. And a point, a big point gained for Bruges. Yes, massive. 
and that was yeah. Champions League week one. Exciting Big stuff. We had yeah, what, 28 goals day two. Thrilled to have the Champions League back. It, there's there's just nothing better. No. Um, probably a couple quick uh, reviews or previews of next week to run through. Um, next weekend's not – I don't know. It's, like, exciting, but it's not, I guess. I, th- I think the weekend after is going to be a little bit better. But uh, we got West Ham and Man United, um, an informed West Ham versus an informed Man United. Josh kind of touched on the fact that Man United are actually going to have a couple more days of rest than West Ham are. And going into this one, Antonio. um, Yeah, a red card for Antonio. Mm. Antonio scored today in the Europa League as well. Declan Rice had an assist and a goal. Declan Rice looks fine right now. Mm. Uh, But like I said, tire legs are going to have a huge impact on this game. I think that's just obvious. Yeah, and no Antonio. I mean, yeah, he got it sent off and looked like dog shit in his last league game, but he just scored and anything's better than not having your most informed goal scorer going to Man United. Uh, this just feels like a, a Man United win, maybe a 2-1 I'm going for, something like that. I would yeah, agree. I, agree. I, th- I, I don't think Antonio um, has much of an impact on West Ham's defensive capabilities. I think uh, people don't write, rate them as highly as they should. Um, I think they have everything at their disposal to hold United off at least to a degree. Uh, but I ultimately think United win this one easily. Um, Tottenham, Chelsea. Yeah, what? London Derby. I was, I was just going to say London Derby. It's a London Derby. London Derby. Uh, I don't think that I don't, you, you think draw. Yeah. Tottenham are going to bounce volatile. The Tottenham are volatile. They go up and they go down. They lost to Palace. Um, drew in the Europa League to Wren. Now they're going to come back up and get a big point at home to the Blues. I think they beat the Blues 2-1. Ooh, hot takes today, guys. That's like that's that. my that's my spicy take. I'm I think with- Josh, I think Josh is right. I think they they lay stinker after stinker. They they have a upsetting um, result, a, a weird draw. But I think they could they could easily sneak a point uh, off of Chelsea. I don't see Chelsea two. losing this game so i think i'm in the draw camp with josh i'm i'm gonna go for a one one yeah. I, I, I think, think it's completely gonna be fair too it's, it's at the tottenham hotspur stadium as well um not that that's a huge advantage i get it's a london derby but still they play better at home the tottenham they, do. they have a, they put a really good they have a really good atmosphere at home i i think tottenham have a legitimate home field advantage oh those poor 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 people Getting all of those Tottenham fans together in one place. Could you imagine? I get to watch. Could you, ima- could, could you imagine 70,000 Austin Farwells all in one place? That's a deep cut. That's a deep <laughs> cut. <laughs> Austin Farwell, if you are this deep in, into this, today's episode. Love you, brother. Uh, love next you game that we really want to preview. Uh, Uve Milan. Yeah, I guess since I'm the the pretty much the Syria correspondent for the main stand, um, and Syria stan, um, this one's tough because Milan were literally looked like 
one of the worst teams in the world against Liverpool. And Juventus come with a, a pretty defiant win over Malmo. Um, I Juventus have been so bad in the league. They're bound to win one eventually is the thing. They're not just going to keep losing. So I think Juventus will probably win. I'm going to take a draw. 2-0 Milan. <laughs> 2 nil Milan. Giroud is going to score. The Serie A is still so much of a toss-up right now. The, you know, see, what I said What I said with that statement that got one kid so hot on Twitter was I said it's the most competitive, not the best. I know they are going to go in the Champions League and get drubbed. They do like every year. I know Inter Milan got fourth last year in their group. They're bad in the Champions League. I get it. But it's the most competitive in terms of this Balanced. year. It's a literal – you could roll a dice with a team on each side. That's – the odds are so even. I mean, the, the top 12 is really a toss-up. I mean, like when you have sides, even like points. Fiorentina competing for the title. The boys in purple. <laughs> <laughs> okay, Josh, we get it. Uh, uh, Puzga versus Leon. Leon's going to win this one, and Shaq's going to score a brace. No, I'm crazy. joking. PSG will win this one. I don't want to have too many banter takes. My Alpine take is Messi, not a take. Alpine Messi versus actual Messi. Who is the better Messi? Bum, 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 bum. Find out this weekend on PSG versus Leon. <laughs> I fucking hate myself. I am sorry for that. I think PSG are going to win it. They're, they just look unstoppable. They, in the yeah, league. they need and to. They're at home. Yeah. Uh, and then moving over to La Liga. We have Madrid versus Valencia. This is actually a top four uh, table matchup right now. Uh, Valencia has actually had a really good start. Yeah. I think Madrid win. I think Madrid, I think, have gotten a lot. I know their defense is a little bit shaky. I've questioned them a little bit. Uh, Mm -hmm. I think they're the clear number two in Spain right now. So Mm -hmm. I think they win. Valencia have a hot start though. This is number one and number two going at it right now. Yeah, this is this is going to be a very good game. I think it's going to be really, um, really good. I think I don't know. I want to say Valencia edge it because Valencia have just been keeping it a little tighter at the back. They've only conceded two in their first four games. Madrid have conceded six, even though they've scored thirteen. Yeah, I, I think I'm leaning with Pat here. I think Valencia could easily steal three points here. Um, but I, hey, and they're I, at home. Yeah. I, I just, the, I think once Madrid's new pieces start rolling, um, and especially getting the result they did over the weekend or sorry, midweek, um, over Inter, I think, you know, they, they have that little boost of confidence. Um, but I don't know. I think, you know, in a race for one, two Valencia might want it a little bit more now that, the top of the Liga table is a little bit more attainable um, now that, uh, you know, Barca and Real aren't the two kings that are always going to be on top. Yeah, I, I think I think Valencia are going to steal it. I'm going to give it – I'm going to say 1-0. Any last thoughts? Any other games that we want to tuck into this week, boys? I, don't I guess this isn't an around the world because it's in the Bundesliga. Uh, one game I'm going to watch is Wolfsburg, um, Frankfurt. 
Uh, Wolfsburg are the only side left perfect in the Bundesliga. These side were only separated by a point in fourth and fifth place last season. I think it's going to be a really good game. I'm excited to watch Weghorst. Uh, He's a baller. So. Yep. 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 I uh, agree with all of your sentiments. I, yeah. I guess we'll hop right into top lad and hairdryer of the week. Our favorite returning segment of them all. Um, I'll go ahead and kick things off this week. My top Stay lad in is... Germany, Josh. Why what? don't you? What? What? He said, stay right in Germany. Oh, fair enough. I, I was very confused. I was thinking England. I don't know why. What uh, the fuck? We're a fucking mess. Top lad, top lad of the week is Jude Bellingham because he's fucking class and he's coming to Liverpool in the summer. Uh, scores a goal. For Dortmund in the Champions League. He's only 18 years old, which is just insane. He plays like he's 25. Uh, I'm so excited to see him in red. Um, just the bottom line, he's coming to Liverpool. This Thoughts? is the first I'm here. This is the first I'm hearing of this. Well, no, he's 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 Fernandinho replacement, Josh. No, Henderson's Agent Hendo's already sealed the deal in the England team camp. Henderson scores goals. Jude Bellingham is in the Insta comments every time. It, it It's a for sure thing. Jude is coming to Liverpool. You can see it from a mile away. Did you get John Henry on the line or something? No, nah, it's a, it's Michael Edwards' farewell before he leaves Liverpool. He's going uh, yeah. to gift us Bellingham and then uh, walk into the sunset. Gotcha, gotcha. <laughs> okay, okay. Makes sense. My, my hair dryer of the week is all man, not all. Um, Man City fans in general uh, for not turning up to the Champions League game. What is that all about? All right. In like so 20,000 fans around. City had, they, I'm not going to say they're going to sell the game out if this wasn't a thing. So just preface it with that. They have, they switched their online. Can I, get, can I guess? Ticketing. Can I guess what it is? Sure. Was it an Oasis concert, like next to the next to the venue? No, because if it, there was, they would have moved it a day so all the fans could go, so they could be there too. Josh. <laughs> anyway, they so City switched their online ticketing thing, and basically, if you're if they were a season ticket holder, and like season ticket holders in groups of people and families, each individual had to redeem their ticket to the champions league through their season ticket in like this weird online ticketing thing. And a ton of fans like literally weren't able to get their tickets. I follow like 10, 15 city fans all on Twitter that all had this same problem that like, because of the online ticketing system, a bunch of people just like weren't able to make that game. And if you look at us on the weekends, we're close to capacity at a lot of, Premier League games. I'm not going to say we sell out because, like, we don't. The whole joke. The city have no fans. I get it. The empty head. But we have a lot more fans on the weekends. It's a predominantly working class fan base. They've had to spend a ton of money. We were just at Wembley. We had an allocation there. You know, I don't expect City to sell out uh, a Champions League game in the middle of the week, just like with how our fan base is. That being said, would have been dope to have a few more people there. Mitch, your hand is raised. You're allowed to speak. Yeah, yeah. Okay, so um, sorry for um, – okay, thank you for fielding my question uh, or statement, uh, rather. 
Uh, so uh, Josh knows this. I don't know if you know this. And I don't know how this differs across the pond. But I have worked with season ticket holders in the sport marketplace before. If they're switching their online ticketing services <laughs> three weeks into the season, you're telling me that their season ticket holders could not show up somehow, some way, and gotten their tickets for that game. Yes, that is literally what I'm telling you. Then whoever is their box office director needs to be shit canned. I agree. Making these it's not a fans thing. It's a the management, the people running shit thing. And I can Uh, tell you this: if somebody is fan enough, and it like I worked in hockey. Hockey fans, I feel like in America and in Canada are the closest thing you can get to a soccer fan. Soccer on ice. It's soccer on ice with more fistfights and blood. But anyway, in a you know much smaller vulcanized rubber ball puck instead of a ball. Anyway, we would hold practices at 9 in the morning, 10 in the morning on a Tuesday. We'd have a few hundred people show up for a season ticket holder event early in the morning, right? It's the Champions League at home. Brother, I'm not saying that. You can give me any excuse. It was Anfield is a whole hell of a lot more full of working class individuals. Manchester? Than Manchester, Liverpool. Oh no, definitely Liverpool. The only thing I'm not going to banter too much. The only thing I know, Liverpool switched to a digital ticket system this summer too, and they had trouble in the preseason getting fans in on time. They got it down pretty quickly. I don't know what the problem was. If it was like they couldn't get people in on time, or people just couldn't access the tickets, barcodes issues, whatever. It I may know be. Liverpool had the same problem though, and they they figured yes. it out. The, the water I was coming from on this is that it's a tough look for Pep to be like, oh, please come out this weekend to, to watch us against Southampton. That's the tough look. Uh, if they're having a ticketing system, that's like an office thing. You can't like blame the club for that, I guess. But there's, um, I guess from my perspective, I, obviously I haven't worked in a Premier League box office or ticket office, but there, there are definitely things in place to get around ticketing issues. There are plenty of backdoor channels. You can go to print a ticket at the box office to get somebody in the door, regardless of security issues, regardless of barcode issues. I forgot the ticket at home, the dog ate it, whatever it may be. I, I accidentally dropped it in my English breakfast. I don't know what it is. It's a tough look. I feel bad that that many seats were open because it's a Champions League game. If 20,000 people weren't at Anfield, we obviously know what happens when you take fans out of Anfield. We've seen it happen over the last couple of years. It's not great. If anything, I'm heated for you, Patrick, and I apologize. I mean, 
not something that being a city fan you're particularly used to. I'm a foreign city fan, so it's like double the not used to. Um, I will say just, I guess to well, we can jump right into me because my I'm my both my hair dryer and my top lad are talking about city. I'll share my hair dryer first because I feel like it's a little bit more in line. Um, and it's Guardiola for a relatively like out of touch comment. Like he doesn't, I don't know. Um, I think who was it that said it? Uh, I just found the fucking quote so I could read it. Where did it go? I don't remember who said it, but somebody basically said that Guardiola should stick to being the best coach in the world and like, just leave it at that. Uh, He like, let's face it. His name is bigger than Manchester city right now. He is used to managing the giants that are Barca and Bayern and Pep's time at Barca. They were like arguably the biggest club in the world. Bayern are just a bigger club than city. And that's a fact. I think instead of chastising the fans for not showing up to the night, he should have just praised the team and, you know, his comments are detracting from what was, a very good game. There's no one talking about the fact that it was a nine goal thriller and city scored six goals and his hundred million pound boy just got a man of the match award in the champions league. They're all talking about the fact that he asked our fans to show up. And I just don't think he should have done that. That's why he gets the hairdryer treatment. He has no hair, but he still gets it. Um, and my top lad, this is, my top lad, um, comes from this game as well. It's Nathan Ake. Uh, so for those who don't know the situation, uh, Nathan Ake's father was like on his last limb, like very, very close to passing um, before the City Leipzig game. And Ake played. Ake decided to play the game. He was like, you know, they're down on center backs, whatever. I'll play the game. And he scored his first ever Champions League goal and according to reports, very, very shortly after Ake scored his Champions League goal, his father passed away. So heart goes out to him. I couldn't imagine my life without my dad. So Ake's my top lad. The, the mental fortitude it takes to play a game knowing that, like, you may come off the pitch in 90 minutes and your dad might not be there after is insane. And then to go out and score a goal like he did and, and just, just run out the 90. Um, yeah, it's a proper mentality and, you know, thoughts and prayers to him and his family. For real. Absolutely. Yeah. Um, and then I guess I got, I got mine to finish us off. My, uh, my top lads of the week, I think, I think is easy choice for, uh, for the boys from Moldova. Sheriff going out in their first Champions League game, solidifying a 2-0, very convincing 2-0 win. Um, I think they deserve the, the top lads of the week in their, in their sponsorless kits, like the most generic black and white Adidas kits you could possibly have. Love like that training shirts. Yes. They're, they're the, they're the blank shirts you or the blank jerseys you can get at like G and B sports or like Olympia. For practice it's the shit you get for your like high school indoor soccer team yes um and then my hair dryer is i we we went into it earlier i got very heated on it uh all a 
for for subbing Ronaldo off, I think, or or just in general, the the choices he made in the second half against young boys, I think, were detrimental to the side success. Uh, obviously, playing a man down isn't great, um, and you need to to make some changes to the the side in order to finish out the game. But I think he just made poor subs um, for the timing, uh, and and proved to be the nail in the coffin for the the three points or at least solidifying a point uh in the end um giving up that last minute goal all right yeah, for sure that's that there we go that's that's that i'm done talking that was a Especially busy week guys we, we had a lot to cover i think we're gonna be able to um review a little bit more next week and maybe do add a couple more segments in get some get some stuff besides the the preview review but uh there was a lot of stuff to go over this week with champions league back yeah yes, there was. Sir. Miss, did you say you're done talking to me yeah i don't know what did i do to you you chose to be a city fan you chose to be a liverpool fan it doesn't mean i dislike you good point we're you gonna be so rude to me dog Testy. We're like, we're all we've got. All right, man. So chill out. I'm going to move to Wisconsin and hang out with Josh. He's at least nice to me. At least I have cheese there and cows. And Miller Lite. Oh, I do love Miller Lite and cows. No free ads. Great taste, less filling. (laughs) (laughs) This is is not sponsored by Miller Lite, but we love it too. Donks. Donks or Miller Lite, this is your invitation if you are this far into the episode. We are. We'll add read every episode. I will drink Miller Lite on the pod. Miller, I will drink you if you have a gluten free product. Anyway, gentlemen, (laughs) let's wrap this thing up. Send it home. I'm Mitchell. We got Pat. We got Josh. Thanks for sticking around for this long. We had a lot of soccer to talk about this week. We hope you enjoyed episode five of the main stand. Give us a like, follow us, subscribe, share it with your friends, family, whoever. We enjoy having you here. We'll Maybe see you not next week. your family. We curse a lot, but okay. Well, families curse. You met my well, parents. Fair, but not all of them do. Anyway, yeah. Thanks for tuning in, guys. Deuces. <laughs>